From the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. It's always heavy. It's how we do it here. Metal Mayhem ROC. I want to thank you for joining us any way you did. Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and old school Metal Mayhem ROC. This week, we have a Labor Day weekend edition, digging up some of the Metal Mayhem ROC correspondents that we have across the country. They'll be calling in, giving us some updates as to what's going on in their world. We have Southern Cal from Melbourne, Florida, He's calling up with an on-the-road segment. He had a chance to go see the Metallica drive-in thing last weekend, and he's given us his review. And we have The Cranker from San Diego, California. Now, The Cranker, he's an old-time metalhead. He's been around forever. He's the poster child of the 70s, tape trading and overseas record collecting, and he still does it to this day. He has a million stories He's giving us a call tonight because we're celebrating Rob Halford's 69th birthday last week, and he's going to share a story he had, how he got into Judas Priest, saw him in the mid-70s. It's a good listen. He's, uh, like I said, full of stories, and we welcome him to the Metal Mayhem team. We also have Mount Rushmore tonight, Metal Drummers, and we're doing a special Streaming for Vengeance segment couple meddlers we lost in the last couple weeks. Pete Way of UFO got in a bad car accident a couple years ago and just never regrouped and he passed away. And a real sad one, Riley Gale, 34-year-old lead singer of the up-and-coming thrash band Power Trip, passed away last week in his sleep. This is a band that I just started getting into. I posted in our Facebook group page, the Metal Mayhem ROC group page, about what are people listening to? Uh, what's some new up-and-coming bands? Because we're always looking to find, you know, what's the next big band? And this band Power Trip started in um, Dallas in the late 2000s, 2008, put out a few albums and really gaining some momentum. Uh, we're going to break the rules tonight. Normally with the Streaming for Vengeance segments, we just play a little sniblet of a song. But tonight, in dedication to both of these artists, we're going to play entire songs of each band. So that's coming up a little later. That being said, let's kick into the On the Road segment. Southern Cal from Melbourne, Florida, in his Metallica drive-in review. Metal Mayhem, ROC. Clubs, sheds, arenas, stadiums. This is On the Road, your compass for live metal concerts. There may not be shows in person, but there's shows on the silver screen. Live from Florida, we have Metal Mayhem correspondent Southern Cal on the line. Cal, how are you, buddy? 
Doing good, Vern. What's going on? Nothing. Just uh, dealing with the pandemic and trying to get a little rock and roll out there. So I hear that. Sounds like uh, you had a chance to go witness the Metallica drive-in for yourself this past weekend, and uh, we need a review. Uh, what's what's the story? Well, we were down in Fort Pierce. Um, it was a parking lot with two screens set up for the live show uh, with Three Days Grace, a little opening act, about a half an hour's worth. They played all their hits. Uh, Riot was probably the standout song. Uh, very different to hear uh, instead of applause, people honking their horns, which was uh, something I guess we're going to have to get used to in these COVID days. Is that, so that was the um, the symbol for applause was honking applause, horns. Everybody was honking their horns, which was funny. It gave me a little chuckle, but it was funny. So what was the groundwork? What were the rules that you had to stay in the car Were people allowed a perimeter around their vehicle? What was the vibe? Um, you know, it was like a normal drive-in parking, let's say. Uh, people were spaced out, but you could get out of your car. And, uh, you know, people were walking around. They weren't uh, policing things too much there. Just uh, and a well-behaved crowd, I might add. Were the was it like a normal rock and roll scene? People partying, tailgating, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we got there uh, about ten minutes before it started, and there was plenty of people already there, um, tailgating, having a good time, just doing the doing the thing at an outdoor show, I guess. Okay, the audio logistics was it something that was streamed into the car through the car stereo or was it outside amplification so it was like an outdoor show they had some speakers up by the screen but they were uh simulcasting it on um 89.7 fm so you could uh, tune it into your car radio i actually brought a, a radio with me battery powered radio just so I didn't have to, if I didn't have the truck running all that time and I wasn't going to wear down my battery, but um, had I thought about it, I would have stopped at the local Walgreens and got a couple blank tapes and thrown them in the tape deck and taped the show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, why not? <laughs> why not? Who, um, who'd you go with? Did you have a car load? What was the price on it? They were having a car load for $115, but the car load could only be up to six people. How many uh, How many people were there? How many cars? What was the capacity? I'm not sure on capacity. Probably a 1,000 car capacity easily. I would say there was uh, probably about 400 cars there. You know, average about three a person, three, three persons a car. So, you know, for a, a drive-in gig, that's not too bad, I guess. So looking at the set list, they played 16 songs. Honestly, um, a pretty safe set list. Exactly. I was hoping for something new, you know, being that this was a one-off show, maybe pull something out of, out of the archive and dust it off and play it. Maybe even two songs, something like that. But yes, simple, safe set, same stuff that they've been playing the last few years on tour so. Not to uh, bore people with the whole set list, but uh, Hardwired opened up. They went into Bells, Fuel, Seek and Destroy, Creeping Death, One, um, the Now That We're Dead, Sad But True. So you see where we're going with this. Pretty much the staples they've been playing. Wherever I May Roam from the Black Album, that doesn't get a lot of play. Fade to Blacks looks like the standout track of the night because that that has been in hibernation a little bit. So uh, what was your favorite? 
Um, I always like Mouth into the Flame. I, I really liked that new album. Um, good stuff on there. Good album. Um, I would probably say Battery also. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they're doing nothing else matters as an encore. They did Sandman after that too. Two encore. Nothing else matters. It's kind of a you know, it's a slow one. I know, but like right at the like, you know, they come battery and then they come out and uh, it's just my preference. Yeah, I would stick something else in there too. I would maybe say drop one out of the set list too. Maybe put something else in there. That's a long kind of drawn out song. Not one of my favorites. They recorded it at a winery. Yes, that was the uh, the Gunlock Winery, which was about 30-minute drive from uh, San Rafael, where the band headquarters are. And uh, apparently, the, this was the other thing, too, is um, we're going to have to say, I, I thought it was live, but actually it was Memorex. The uh, concert was filmed on August 10th, three weeks ago. Did you hear the whole backstory about the whole crew was quarantined for like 20 or 30 days? The band, like there's a whole battery of logistics they had to follow to make this happen yes which was um you know i actually didn't get the disclaimer or see a disclaimer or hear of one about the show not being live i was and the way they were talking in between the songs hatfield was talking was uh like it was a live show which it was but it was taped so we i think a lot of people might have been under the impression that it was actually a live show that they did and not a recorded show from three weeks ago. So there was banter in between. Was it similar to a Metallica concert where James will address the crowd? Um, yes, but it was all about, uh, you know, we're here at the drive-in and uh, he was reading off the list of um, a bunch of the drive-ins that this was a showing at, uh, even the ones up in Canada. Quite the, quite the list. Obviously, he didn't read them all, but uh, quite the list of uh, drive-ins. Well, my take on all this is, one, I think it's cool because something is better than nothing. And they did a specific gig for this time. Some of these other bands are doing, um, they're just, they're doing a streaming thing, but they're releasing old material and plugging it into this streaming window. And some of the bigger bands have been doing this. And I guess Metallica is the first rock band to be doing up on this platform, this huge platform. Would you would you go to another one of either a different band or another Metallica one? And what's your overall rating of this? Um, I would probably go to another one, hopefully at a, a real drive-in. I think it would be better. Um, I would probably be, you know, if depending on the Metallica one, I don't know if I would go see them again like this. But um, I say my overall rating on it would be at least a seven. It's uh, like you said, it, it's better than nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people are just jonesing for some gigs. So it was definitely better than nothing for sure. Did it seem like a gig at all or did it seem like it was what it was? Well, while Three Days Grace was playing, we had made the comment that uh, it felt like we were watching MTV videos. They were they were playing in a studio. Um, I guess they have a new song that they plugged. I wasn't aware of the new song, so I don't know what it was mm-hmm. um, until, you know, when Metallica came out, at least they were on a stage. The The lighting that uh, for the filming wasn't that good. It was filmed at like twilight time. 
you know, it started around nine thirty here on the East Coast, so we're looking at six thirty out in California. Yeah. So uh, the lighting, it was sometimes it was just hard to to get a, a good clear picture on the screen. Again, it could have just been the screens that they were using to uh, show the film. Uh, how did James look? They looked good. The band it, in entirety was awesome. They sounded tight. They sounded rested. They um, they were playing the songs the way that they were recorded. They weren't the uh, speeded up live versions that songs tend to get after you've played them live a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all get a little faster. These guys, you could tell Lars has been taking lessons. Um, <laughs> he was keeping the keeping the beat, keeping the time. Um, the whole band um, was just tight. Nothing was just nothing was fast and forced. It was just it was like effortless for him. And that was good to see. I guess the time off is, you know, probably helped him out a lot, too. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, um, again, glad it happened. Looking forward to hopefully someday seeing our heroes in concert again. And want to thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, contribute and staying on board. Well, hopefully we'll have something else for you soon. Another drive-in gig of some sorts. We'll let you know. Southern Cal, take care, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Vern. See ya. That's Southern Cal, live from Melbourne, Florida, and with his uh, Metallica review. You know, my parting shot on that whole Metallica thing is, I would have liked to have seen Metallica either do it live or mix it up and do something for the fans a little more than a stock set. Either way, good to hear from Southern Kale. So now the Streaming for Vengeance segment, like I mentioned in the opening, um, Riley Gale, lead singer of the band Power Trip, passed away last week at the age of 34. And the band Power Trip quickly rose through the metal ranks, hardcore heavy thrash, and their live show was, was somewhere between a party and a rally, some people have quoted. Power Trip released two albums, 2013's Manifest Decimation and the 2017 Nightmare Logic release. In 2017, Loudwire Music Awards gave that album the top billing as top metal album of the year. They've released other compilations, live albums, and in 2018 they had something coming out called Hornet's Nest from the Adult Swim Singles Collection. That's the track we're going to be playing there's other songs we could have played, but I really like this song. It's a band that I was really getting into, and we just want to show our respect. So, Riley Gale, passing away at 34, gone but not forgotten. The other member of the metal fraternity that we lost recently was Pete Way. Pete is a founding member of the band UFO. He died on August 14th after a two-month battle with injuries he sustained in an auto accident. Pete was, again, one of the founding members of the band UFO. They started in 1970, gained a lot of notoriety. It's one of those bands where people look up to them. Steve Harris of Iron Maiden sort of uh, followed in his footsteps in terms of stage gear with those striped pants. Nikki Six and some other bass players emulated him with um, those washboard basses that he always had. And Pete was one of those rockers that, you know, he branched off in the late 80s or early 80s. He went out on his own. He started a band called Wasted. And he was actually one of the founding members of the band Fastway with Fast Eddie Clark, but actually never recorded with them. 
due to a contract stipulation with Chrysalis Records. So Pete Way uh, passed away, and there's a track I'm going to play. It's one of their more popular songs, a song that Michael Shanker wrote when he first joined the band on the, the album uh, Phenomenon, uh, their third album. And it's also a song that Iron Maiden plays right before the house lights go down at their concerts. So we're going to play the entire track of both of them. That's coming up and streaming for Vengeance. Without any further ado, here's a little Hornet's Nest from Power Trip, Metal Mayhem, ROC.
Headlocked to Metal Mayhem ROC.
This edition of Metal Mayhem ROC is brought to you by Mr. V's Street Style Vending and Special Events Catering. Visit our lunch cart in the College Town District at Strong Memorial Hospital or hit up the late night weekend location at the corner of Monroe Avenue and South Goodman. Look us up at MRVSVending.com for catering, pricing, and availability. That's Mr. V's Street Style Vending and Special Events Catering. Now, back to Metal Mayhem ROC. Okay. Oh boy, this is going to be fun. I haven't made a crank call in years. Now, now, live from San Diego, California, Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent, The Cranker. I know time for cranks like you. The Cranker. Get ready for a review of a classic album or hear classic metal stories from back in the day. Time for The Cranker. Time for The Cranker. Time for The Cranker. Time for The Cranker. For The Cranker. For The Cranker. And we're going back in the day. It's Judas Priest Week. Today, the 25th of August, 2020, is Rob Helford's 69th birthday. We have on the line from San Diego, California, Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent, The Cranker. Hey, Cranker, how are hey. you, buddy? Fernomatic, what's up, dude? Nothing, man. Just good hearing from you. Yeah, yeah, just up here, chilling. That's cool. All right. So, hey, um... It's Metal God's birthday. Yeah, 69, um... Why don't you share with the listeners uh, a little bit of how you got into Priest? Because, man, you, you were seeing them back in the 70s. You're an you're old-time metalhead, and you got some stories that, if we had time, we could spend all night. So give us your history of Judas Priest. How'd you get into the band? Back in the day in Rochester, there was an AM uh, radio station, 1370 WSAY. And uh, at the time, they were playing um, the Sin After Sin album. And the very first song I ever heard by Judas Priest was Sinner of the Sin After Sin album. It completely blew my mind. I said, I got to have this album for the collection. I mean, this band is great. So I, I immediately, I went down to the house guitars. I started digging through the imports and I found Rockarola and Sad Wings of Destiny. I had no idea that they actually had two other albums out. Cranker, so, um, what year was this? Was this 77? 1977. Yep, you're right. Did you get anything else? I think I just bought the Priest albums that day, but I remember just getting home and and when I first heard Sad Wings, it was freaking mind blowing. That Victim of Changes, Tyrant, Genocide, I became an instant like Priest fanatic. You know, excellent. To me, were, I, excellent. I love I, I, I love the Sin After Sin album, but it really um, Sad Wings and Rock and Roll, I, I thought was a, a you know for me it, it was just killer Priest. But I, I love Sin After Sin; it's a great album. I mean. Dissident Aggressor, I mean, that, that sounds insane. I still love that song today. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> then Priest was kind of, what they were, they were they were like a cult kind of, they had a cult following in Rochester and Buffalo. And there was just a handful of people that were really into Priest. And we got wind that they were playing at the Stage 1 in, uh, you know, Harvey and Corky's Stage 1 in Clarence. Okay. And uh, this, this was like April of 79, yeah. So we all trucked down there, man, and uh, caught the show. It was totally insane. Hung out at the, after the show uh, at the tour bus, and we actually uh, they, they actually came out. Helford came out and talked to everybody. Everybody was cool. That's the cool. They came out. They came to the Triangle Theater. Yeah, yeah. In, so in, in Rochester, well, I first saw them in April of '79. Then the the, the uh, Triangle show was November first. It was on a Thursday night, uh, 1979. I'll never forget it. Hey, that show that you saw oh at, at uh, Stage One, how many people were there? And who did um, they play with? 
it was just priest. There was nobody. Over. I think a local band opened up. I, I can't remember, man. God, that was yeah. I was like what forty years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm true. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a couple local bands from Buffalo opened up. It was pretty packed. They so they come to the Triangle, and I remember. I, I remember. Um, I got to the show with my uh, my girlfriend at the time. We got there. The show started. We get there about six o'clock, and there was like two or three priest fans just hanging out. Or they were chicks, and uh, you know, you know, immediately you make that metal connection with yeah. with the fans, and we're all talking. We're like, "Priest, priest, we can't believe they're playing here in Rochester." And uh, so, you know, then the crowd started getting bigger and bigger. They let us in. I went right straight to the front. I mean, I was like front row center. You know what I mean? Have you ever been to the Triangle? It's a small, it's like a gymnasium. Well, it's but, the, um, yeah, it's the Harrow East now, and, you know, it's yeah. changed names. Yeah, I've seen shows there. So we get there, and the band X opened up. Do you remember them? the band X? They were from Gainesville, Florida. They were they were more like kind of the vein of like Blackfoot, Molly Hatchet. Okay, okay, yeah. Yes, uh, Swamp Killer, Southern Rock. Killer Band. Yeah, Killer Band opened up for Priest. I mean, they did a great job. The crowd loved them. But then it comes time for Priest. I mean, the, the joint was just fucking like ready to roll. And uh, the the lights went out. Rob started up the Harley. Oh, oh my God! Here they come! Oh Everybody man, that's that's good stuff, he, man. So um, he wrote. I'll tell you, he wrote, he wrote on the stage with the Harley. Had the whip, you know, hanging from his mouth, and they opened up with, I believe, it was Hellbent for Leather. But they played everything you want to hear. They played Exciter. They played White Heat, yeah. Red Hot, Victim of Changes, Beyond the Realms of Death. They they played everything that you want to hear. Tyrant. It was an awesome show. And uh, yeah, I was and Rob was cracking the whip over my head the whole night. It was just, I mean, a great show. Hey, listen, you're out in San Diego, and Rob, yeah. for a length of time, lived out there. Rumor has it you've bumped into him on a couple occasions. I I've bumped into Rob quite a bit, actually. Um, he lives in Hillcrest. I don't think he lives in Hillcrest anymore. He uh, lived on, on Pennsylvania Avenue in these big condos, kind of like on the north side of Balboa Park, and he. Hillcrest is kind of like a neat little community. Um, yeah. There's record shops there. And, uh, he, you know, he would uh, just walk around and just hang. He always had on his, um, you know, like when he used to, how he dressed when he was in fight. He'd always have the uh, the fatigues and the and the combat boots. Yeah, yeah. And the, and, the, and the big shades. That's how he walked around town. So if you really didn't know him, you really wouldn't know it was it was Helford. And every now and again, people go, hey, Rob, what's up? And he was always really cool. He always would talk to you, you know, and, and hang out. And every now and again, he'd um, pop into the, uh, a record store that I still go to today called Record City, which is like right around the street, right around the corner from where he lived. He lived on Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm not, I, I haven't seen him for, like the last tour Priest went on was the last time I saw him. It's oh. been over a year, over a year now. Yeah, easy. I haven't seen him. I don't think he lives in San Diego anymore. Well, you know what? You know, stranger things has ha- have happened. Maybe you'll run into him tonight. So, but listen, well, um, really- I, I want to, uh, we got to get going, but I want to thank you for, right. um, you know, sharing a uh, back in the day segment as we celebrate Helford and uh, we'll be in touch real soon. Cranker. All right. Bruno Medic. Hey man. Awesome. Always fun talking to you guys out there in Rochester. Okay, man. Talk soon, bud. Thanks. Okay. Bye. The wisdom of the Cranker. Our buddy out in San Diego, California, he's our go-to expert in anything old-school metal, old tales, stories from back in the day. You'll be hearing from the Cranker every now and again, as well as our Southern Cal correspondent, 
John Cale down in Melbourne, Florida. Again, our Streaming for Vengeance segment tonight was in honor of Riley Gale, lead singer of Power Trip, passed away unexpectedly last week, and Pete Way, longtime bass player and heavy metal legend from UFO. Again, you could follow us on Metal Mayhem ROC, the Facebook page, or the MetalMayhemROC.com, our website. Twitter is the uh, Metal Mayhem ROC. Daily discussions on the Facebook page, interaction. And if you ever want to be part of the show, send us an email and we'll get you on here. For Metal Forever Mark, I'm John the Vernomatic Verno. We're going to leave you right now with this week's edition of Mount Rushmore. We're tackling metal drummers. Have a safe holiday, folks. See you next Thursday at 8 p.m. Many have tried. Most have failed. Only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of metal. Vernomatic, you want to take the lead on this one, or do you want me to give it a go? Why don't you start on this one? I'll catch the next one. Okay, so at first glance, this one you're thinking I thought was maybe going to be kind of easy, but then when I looked up all the metal drummers that are out there, it's going to be hard. So, But here I'm going to go. We're going to go four down to one. So in the fourth position, I'm going to go with um, Lars Ulrich from Metallica, only because I think Lars is an incredible drummer. Uh, I think he's a great live performer, and um, so he's going to take my fourth position. My third slot is going to be, um, and I'm going to run out of positions here, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I'm going to do Nico McBrain uh, from Iron Maiden. Again, just a great drummer, great performer. I love his kit. He's always got like 80 million drums surrounding him, uh, so that's a great one. Um, my second position, I am actually going to go with um, Bobby Jarzombek. Bobby Jarzombek has been in the Halford Band. He's been in Fate's Warning. He plays in Sebastian Bach. And for those that don't know him, he's a little bit more under the radar than the mainstream guys maybe. But um, if you just check him out, check out his website, you'll see he's got a lot of solo performances. And he, I love it. He's got two, two clang drums behind his head that he can hit behind him. It's pretty cool. And then number one, I'm going to surprise some people because I'm leaving out some obvious ones maybe, but I'm going to go with Richard Christie. Richard Christie was in Ice Earth. He's also a co-host on Howard Stern. He also plays for the band Charred Walls of the Damned, which is his own band that Ripper Owens sings in. If you've never seen or heard him play, you'll be blown away. So there we go. There's my Mount Rushmore of metal, metal drummers, Lars Ulrich, Nico McBrain, Bobby Jarzombek, and Richard Christie. Vernomatic, you're up. Uh, we're going to get going on this. Uh, number four is from New York City. He's an old school guy, and he fucking kills. Charlie Benante from Anthrax. He's been with the band since the beginning, and he's, uh, he writes a lot. He's a vital, vital piece of that outfit. Uh, number three is he's not in his band anymore, but he was there from the beginning, and he's fantastic. It's Scott Rockenfield of Queensryche. He is another one that was uh, came from that uh, Neil Peart school of percussion. He had a great kit. He was all over the place. And when you first heard Queensryche, the first time you heard Queensryche, it was Queen of the Reich. And who could ever forget that symbol intro? And it was just Scott Rockenfield. And let alone, you know, he, everything he did on Operation Mindcrime. Uh, number two... This is an interesting one. Uh, it's Nico McBrain, just like Marks. Now, Nico came into the band, taken over for Clive Burr, 
And his introduction to Iron Maiden was the beginning of Eagles Dare. And that was just that was just killer. So Nickel McBrain's always been one of my favorites. Um, great guy. You know, he's always reliable, and uh, he's one of my favorites. And number one, the number one metal drummer of all time is Dave Lombardo of Slayer. Um, absolutely kills. He's all over the place. Even to this day right now, he's, um, he's been filling in at Suicidal Tendencies. He's got some other side bands going, and he's just... Um, he, that double bass that he had going, just one of my all-time favorites. So, uh, Charlie Benante, Scott Rockenfield, Nickel McBrain, and Dave Lombardo. Okay. Cannot argue with your list. Um, actually going to ask you, no Alex Van Halen. I thought for sure he was going to make your list. And, um, and then also no Vinnie Paul on your list. Those two, I thought you were going to, they would be shoe-ins for your list. Well, um, you know. Is Van, Van Halen really isn't heavy metal. <laughs> okay, you're coming to the dark side. Finally. No, no, I never said they're heavy oh, metal. It was okay. just Greg Renoff uh, in his book had it in there. No, Alex is Al's on his own island. He's, uh, you know, if you're going to say rock drummers, it's different. But when we're doing metal drummers, you know, it's sort of limited. Um, and what was the other one you were talking about? Oh, oh Vin, left- Vinnie Paul. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's nothing that really got me. Pantera. Pantera's a good band and all, but I wouldn't put Vinnie Paul in my top four. And then since we're on this subject, and this goes beyond our little Mount Rushmore of uh, metal, but um, a couple honorable mentions and just quick thoughts on these guys. Scott Travis, I mean, the classic opening drum riff to Painkiller. I mean, right? I mean, he's... Oh, yeah, yeah. You could easily add him. Uh, Mike Portnay from Dream Theater and a whole bunch of other bands. I mean, he's another just incredible drummer. Um, those were two guys that I thought for sure were are worthy of mention. And um, I don't know, a lot, lot more drummers than I thought when you when you start thinking about. Oh, and we've got to give one shout out to our boy um, Vinny Apice, who uh, was right here, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Rochester with us. Vinny, Vinny you is know. yeah, Vinny. It's um, you know, but a lot of times when we do these uh, Mount Rushmores, it's not it's your favorite and it's guys that have moved you there is no right answer or wrong answer um it's just it's your preference so and that's why i think it's cool because your list is different than mine although we have one crossover and um that's why these are cool little segments i love doing them so uh and again we could always do the top 10 the top 20 the top 25 but we go with four so that's our metal mount rushmore Metal for Life. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-DV Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 